0: Welcome, everybody, to a brand-new episode of the Melanated Combo Podcast. And we live this time, family. You know what I mean? This is—this one was important to me, just being—you know, I'm a native of Sacramento. Um, We have a lot of important figures that have come up through the generations. You know what I mean? And right next to me is one of the brothers that has not only paved the way for our basketball landscape, he's paved the way for our music landscape— now he's paving away with his philanthropy and doing stuff for the kids you feel me so on today show a brand new episode of the melanated combo podcast make sure y'all like subscribe tell everybody about the show on the show today i got my brother russell osby aka bueno what's up boy
1: what's up with my brother come on now man appreciate come on now you, man. man appreciate the love appreciate the support you know this long overdue mm-hmm. but um i think it's perfect time
0: perfect timing, perfect timing, so, you know, because, y'all, we, (laughs) me and Bueno did an interview before, man, and for the first time ever, you know what I mean, and I learned a lot during that time period where I filmed it, it was dope, and that shit just wouldn't play for me, you know what (laughs) I mean, (laughs) but now we back, though, you know what I mean, and we need to start from uh, from the beginning, so Bueno, take me back. To like the high school days bro because most people may not know right. I've, I've shown people your basketball league right and they had no idea who you were right 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 so take me back to that time you went to Kennedy right
1: I went to Kennedy high school um, graduated uh, with honors <laughs> I was a I was a kid I, I played football baseball and basketball my whole life
0: mm. um,
1: and had the pleasure to be like one of those top kids as a youth so by the time it came to high school um, I had to pick I was picking out of like Christian Brothers and Sack High Burbank was Burbank and Kennedy because I'm living in Meadowview a Medaview kid I'm off of 21st street it was uh, Burbank and Kennedy was like the two schools that I could pick from mm-hmm. so um, big bro went to Kennedy my big sister went to Kennedy Um, sports was exploding at the time it was a it was a huge um, a huge priority but I, I chose the K House cause, mm-hmm. because of the tradition and you know and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, uh, and the and the family the family tree. Yeah, yeah. Because
0: I went to Burbank. I graduated from Burbank in '98. Right. My brother Isaac went to Burbank too. Right. So I kind of went to the school just based on family tradition as right, well. Right. So this is something I don't know about you, right? Because I it's been like how many
1: albums? Like fourteen albums? Thirteen albums? Well, well, if you want, if if you if it, I don't know how to say it, but studio albums, LPs. It's only six, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say only because that's a you know respectable amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got the mixtapes, Okay. I had mixtapes, I had uh, two different mixtape series, mm-hmm. I had the Maloof Money mixtape series, and then I had the uh, Legends Live Forever mixtape series. So um, yeah, when you adding up all of that stuff, I had a movie with I a know. soundtrack to it. Yep. So when you adding up all those projects and stuff, yeah, it, it might be around.
0: Mm-hmm. But, so because again you were highly talented in basketball right what What helped make that transition because when i was younger because at that time i'm maybe 10 or 11 right you know what i mean so all of us is watching but w- when did it transition from okay I, I, I can possibly go to college for hoop and right. make this my life when did you transition into the music well
1: after college mm. i'm one of them dudes to where i ended up you know I I was sports first, you Mm. know, what I mean and the sports um, You know, it it ran its course. Mm. I I did it till I couldn't do it no more I literally tore my iliopsoas muscle my stomach muscle damn I'm at Cal State Los Angeles on a full scholarship Mm. I have been in like two or three different colleges transferring and you know, I was in the transfer port I was in the transfer portal like a mug (laughs) back then, but what happened was is as I was you know I'm in LA I got to pick out a um, uh, after coming back from USC and going to consume this and not being able to finish my D1 uh clock eight, you know they had rules in place so you had to go D2 because your clock already started and all that so I was picking out a Fort Hayes stays in Kansas and Cal State Los Angeles mm-hmm. and they was both Legendary programs with legendary coaches with, with doing great at the time, but I thought about it after I'm done Do I want relationships in Kansas or do I want relationships in LA? Mm. And I was like, man, I think I'm fit in LA, yeah. right? <laughs> so so I ain't, I hadn't even ever been to Kansas. That's the funny thing about people too. Mm. Maybe Kansas might have had A some possibilities. Yeah, but yeah. Just because my ignorance, not knowing, <laughs> yeah, I just picked what I knew, mm. went to LA and as I was there and got hurt, I I started to, as I was there, I'm already in awe, right? Mm. Because I've been there, everybody went to Disneyland and all that, but I never lived out there. Mm. So now that I'm living out there, I'm in awe, I'm meeting all the people, I'm knowing people, they introduced me, and my my whole team was from Southern California, Mm. so they take me to their neighborhoods, but I just started to think more and more about what I was going to do after basketball. And Mm. as I got hurt, I was like, man, we be freestyling all day long. Let me let me see if these freestyles you know could do something. You know? Wait,
0: wait, wait. So in high school you wouldn't rapping it at all.
1: I didn't rap at all. Damn. I ain't rap. I, like we, I laughed at the rappers. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking like man, these niggas ain't never going. Hey, look at these niggas, man. What is they doing? And they in circles. And at that time, you was you was gangster or you was backpack. Yes, sir. And the gangster ones was like, man, what is. <laughs> you know, what is and then, because my brother and all of them was in the streets for real, mm-hmm. and the real gangsters didn't rap. Yeah, so the yeah, gangster yeah. stuff, rap didn't make sense. Yeah. And then the backpackers was like, bro, you talking about sun, moon, and stars, and pyramids. <laughs> and, you know, so it was a thing where we, we kind of joked and laughed and didn't think rapping was even a possibility for somebody mm. to do.
0: And that's a, damn, that's such a real thing, bro, because I remember in the early 90s, before N.W.A. and everybody really got popping, snooping all in, nobody seen money in rap. Right. So for street guys, it was like, you finna tell everybody what you doing? Yeah,
1: that wasn't it. That wasn't <laughs> it. Like. It was like you said in the in the nineties. It wasn't no rap money. Mm -mm. Tupac popularized Tupac them popularized rap. Him and Biggie with that East West stuff. They took it to a such another plateau. And then Tupac people don't understand. Tupac is like the rapper who, and he said it. I come out and sell five million. Tupac was coming out selling five million, and Jay Z them was sell. They wasn't even going gold.
0: They wasn't going gold. It
1: was like rappers that was the top. It was no middle class. It was upper class and lower class, and everybody was in the lower class. Everybody I mean? was in
0: the lower class, and it's funny, even around that time, because I remember getting Jay Z's first album,
1: Reasonable Doubt.
0: I never forget, and I took that shit off and put San quinn new album on.
1: Right. See, and I got Jay Z's first album, and I played it in the whole neighborhood. Was like, bro, if you're New <laughs> shit. but I'm like, bro, this nigga is amazing, mm-hmm. bro. But people don't understand too, like, like I just said. Tupac sold 5 million, Jay-Z wasn't even selling gold. Nope. He'll tell you, and the records are shown later? That's when um, Reasonable Doubt rolled to gold. It, it kept selling. Like, the projects ain't gold gold. They ain't sell 500,000 copies till 10 years after it came out. Mm-hmm. You know, And the record industry is set up to where you gotta sell in the first 10 days. Really? Yeah, it's the first week sales that matter.
0: Mm, That's why they're so big on first week, first week, first week. Yeah, because
1: honestly, that's where all the money's going. The bulk is going to come in the impulse buying. So it's all Uh, in the first week and then it's small scattered sales after. So they want, and now all that money in the first week, they need all the possible money that they can get to mm-hmm. recoup with everything that they just spent. They don't want to wait four months for some, they don't want to wait 10 years mm-hmm. for reasonable doubt to go gold and get some money. But in the process, he became huge, and he had other projects that went yeah, platinum, yeah, yeah. where that hadn't even gone gold. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the part of growth and journeys and all that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so when you when you first start rapping, like how did everybody, because did everybody around you Right. Like, what's this nigga doing? Like, right. Did it seem out of the blue? I was
1: so good in bass. I didn't realize. I, I always knew I was amazing in sports. People told me I was amazing. I didn't understand how amazing I was till I started rapping. <laughs> These niggas said, man, we not calling you bueno. We not listening no rap. You was too good at something else. We can't. We don't get it, bro. We don't get it. And slowly but surely, and not really slowly but surely, one album I put out, Skeleton Key. Well, I was at Cal State LA, mm-hmm. right? Put out like at the tail end of, and it's Russell Osby. Yeah. It's not bueno. Right? Ah. I didn't cuss a lot. I was on it. had a team and a coach and oh, teach you, professors, yeah. and yeah. so it was it was a different type of album, right? <laughs> Man, it, these niggas frisbee that thing, <laughs> like bro. I told Joanne stay on that court, right? It, it only made me go harder. I went to the drum board. I bumped into this young producer. I go into this house to get some tree, and I look over. It's a low DJ, and he's like, "Man, I, you know, he's the one that got it." Now, I don't want to tell on him, but I got to say his name. But he just like, my name is DJ Mighty Mike. He was like mm-hmm. in high school. He was like, "Man, you amazing." You know, I heard some of the <clears throat> some of the freestyles you was doing. He's like, "Let's do a mixtape." We ended up doing a mixtape. I did another one. I used, and, and it was different in that skeleton key, <laughs> and 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 before you know it, it coincided with me getting hurt and coming home. Mm. I didn't have no pressures, nobody listening or hold me back, no image of a basketball player no more. Man, mm. I went in and it just started to it started to go up, and then you know we had a situation where Kev Nash was like, "Bro, I did a show at Consumers with uh, Keith Sneak and mm. the Ghetto Stars, Freako." Yeah, home. and um. They were something, I was trying to be something, and Kev was in the stand, in the, in the audience, he said, bro, everybody treated you like them, bro. Meet me tomorrow. <laughs> Let's make this work, so. That's how Change the Game came about.
0: Change the Game, damn, I remember that album. So, because I, I've, even when the last time we interviewed, I I, I did my due diligence and looked at your whole catalog, I'm looking at all the features. That's what's up. And I'm just really, res- I respect the fact that you didn't give up, bro. Oh, that yeah. you kept and, and that happened after me starting to do some creative shit. Right. Something that don't got a paycheck te- a, a paycheck immediately right. attached to it. Right. But you but it's something in your mind you gotta get out. Right. Cause motherfuckers don't really respect that. Right. You said know, you go and rap it and you go and do some podcast shit. Right. everybody are like, yeah, that's cool where the money at. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So what made you keep going? Like what,
1: I, what, honestly, that's the first time in my life ever that I built something. Mm -hmm. It was like the hardest thing I ever did in my life because I didn't even know what, I didn't know that none of my people was gonna support it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that none of my community was gonna support it. But then we realized I had my best friend with me the whole time Mm now. I've been with him since 10. Mm -hmm. Shouts out to Cream, 100. Mm -hmm. Shouts out to Vega. We we hoop together. So Mm -hmm. we just was looking at each other like, bruh. We was the best guards in the city and in Northern California yeah, state. Yeah. Like, guess what, bro? We fun to do it. Like, we didn't even, our dumbness a little bit was like, bro, what else we going to do? Mm-hmm. But go hard. Mm-hmm. So we went hard. And sure enough, bro, like I said, it worked. And the funny thing about it is, to this day, I ain't the most, how, how can I put it? When you think of the rappers, I, you gon' you might not even think of me sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you, especially if you ain't from our era, mm-hmm. but if you from our era, you like bro Bo and Lynch, they wasn't around. Mozzie, Lavish D, they hadn't started. Yep, Blaine filled the whole void. Yeah. that a lot of people don't really appreciate it. and then somebody came to me one day and was like, you know, you like probably you ain't the biggest rapper from Sacramento, you ain't the most popular, the richest or none. You probably the most important though. Hmm. And I was like, For real? They said, bro, you was you you the bridge. You took one era from Bo and them and held it down till lavish D and all them came.
0: That's a fact. That's a fact because when we look at Sacramento rap history, I'm always thinking of Bo. And, of course, we think of Lynch. Lynch. Of course, Those are the names that just pop in there, right? right? But, again, looking at your catalog, bro, I'm like, go back to the 90s, the early 2000s, look at everybody catalog, you right there.
1: Right, right. And, see, that's the thing, too. Some people get kind of, they like, I started in 2003, mm-hmm. same as LeBron. As soon as LeBron came out, I came out. <laughs> feel, he played here. We hit the game. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah. His first game. What's crazy about it is... By 2005, um, I'm on the radio. Mm. 2004, 2000. I'm doing intros for 103.5. Again, I did it a little different. bro, and Lynch ain't do that. Mazie Lavish, like I was on. I was that radio. I was that dude. You know, I was on Vlad, You know, before. I was on vlog before the new dudes, and the old dudes didn't get a chance to get on vlog.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't wanna
1: say oh, but the dudes who came before me, mm-hmm. Bows and Lynches and stuff, they wasn't necessarily on the vlogs, and they might have been. Not to knock them or nothing like that, but again, I got, I caught a cold wave that I was able to, like I said, try to branch the two generations together and then bring the city together at the same time. Hmm. You know? So,
0: and I don't think you, you answered this, what, what made you not stop? Like, was there ever a moment
1: it wasn't an option i ain't never stopped in my life so it was just a a confidence that i didn't i didn't really doubt that i couldn't do it Mm. you know what i mean and then and then it was cold about it me and cream joke about it all the time man we did so much successful stuff i get paid from this music every month to this day right and i'll get it for the rest of my life from all my music that sells all across the world Mm -hmm. but we didn't know what kind of monster we was we was going against Mm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Like how this, how this, how this industry is really ran. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And stuff like that. We just, again, an uh, um, innocent cockiness and confidence that had us thinking that why, why, why not?
0: Why not? And I, I understand the confidence because, again, looking at your catalog, everybody from Northern California, especially all the rappers that are important that everybody love. You worked with all of them?
1: All of them. The only, I can name the ones I didn't work with more mm. than the ones. And it's like Too Short and Richie Rich. Hmm. You know what I mean? But everybody else from the Keita Sneaks to the Yuck Miles to the Mac Dre's to the E-40's to the Jackas to the... Them was my bros. And what's dope about it, I only paid them one time, the first time. Mm. They all kind of told me. You earned this now. You know what I mean, yeah. like bro, you one of us. So I never, I never, I never even had to deal with it in that that form. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people don't believe in paying people. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And, and on the on the independent level, Jack had told me something interesting. He was like, "Bueno, you know why we just sitting there one day?" He said, "You know why I pay nigger for a feature?" I said, "Why?" He said, "Cause I want a nigga to pay me too." <laughs> <I> said, <"S- laughs> makes sense. This shit gotta go. It gotta it, go around. It gotta, it gotta go be, around. be a little
0: ecosystem. Exactly. So yeah yeah so give me some because you did a song with mac dre right because mm-hmm. mac dre it's funny thing about him i remember mac dre like the california living days right i remember right. seeing him
1: right in,
0: in my cousin room like, Who's right, this yeah, nigga, right right when he came back out and reinvented himself right honestly i didn't know what to make of it i'm like i know he a damn gangster but it it was coming off different you know what i mean so tell me about mac like your experiences
1: i tell you a i'll tell you a few but number one is that I never knew Mac Dre in those days. Mm. I wasn't a Mac Dre fan Mm -hmm. at all. That's my brother's favorite rapper of all time, but my brother ain't got no real favorites. He's not a fan type of dude. Mm -hmm. But if you know, (laughs) you would love Mac Dre. You playing Mac Dre, you fuck with Mac Dre. When I did the song with Dre, it's a few. I got stupid stories. Number one is that, out of all them dudes I did songs with, shows with, rubbed elbows with, cool as hell. Dre and Yuck, them two dudes was like big bros. They pull mm-hmm. up on you, they help you, they talk to you, do you need me, and it's real. Mm-hmm. I didn't had a lot of people kind of play the big bro role, but I got a real big brother, right? Mm-hmm. Dre and Yuck was like the closest thing to the, a real big brother, like mm. they was some dope dudes, you know, and I don't want to say was, because Yuck's still here, yeah. obviously, yeah. but Dre, Dre was like that, um, I got a bunch of stories, I'll tell you one quick one, I tell it all the time, um, when we did the music together, you know, I paid him, it was the first album, so he didn't know me, a bunch of them dudes didn't know me, they looking at me, you know, because we didn't send music back then. We, to we had to be in the, the same video. spot. Yeah. So they looking at me like, okay, this little nigga fitted, and shit. He looking like he the nigga, but let's hear what he sound like. They're not going to booth, nigga. Okay, okay, you can wrap your ass up, all right. So then they start going, man, call, call around and find out why I don't nobody <laughs> know about this nigga, right? Is he a snitch? This nigga's a weirdo, like what? So Dre did a thing to where um, when our song we did, he, um, they lost the files. Mm. And this is my album, my babies. I be treating them like my babies. So I'm, I'm I'm it's chaos. You know, I'm, oh my God, oh my God, man. You know, I'm like, we're not going to be able to get him back. You know, he's just starting to blow up, kind of, right? Mm. He's everywhere. I'm like We're not going to be able to get him back in here. Now, this is another quick fact. I paid Yuck. Yeah, I paid 40. I paid... Uh, uh, FedEx and Ryder J. Clyde and I paid um, I paid Dre mm-hmm. I paid Dre like some of the the, the lowest mm-hmm. and it was because of rank you know what I mean where, where dudes was yeah. what he asked for mm-hmm. just to show you Two a year later, after 2002, 2003, he was probably making ten times that Mm. anywhere he went. He's probably turning it down because he got so on fire.
0: Yeah, he was. But
1: he took that money from me. I ain't really gonna say how much it was. It wasn't too much or nothing, but definitely respectable. And you know, we respect it. But it ain't nothing that you would think. Mack Gray took, you know, wow, wow, right? We do the song, they lose it. We gotta find them. And I'm telling them like. He like, somebody paying me again, and I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I'm not paying you again, like, my budget gone, and it was like the last song of the album, too. Met the the studio dope dude, shout out to uh, Rick Rock, rest in peace, he just passed away, Hitworks, and Digital, Mm -hmm. these two dudes is legendary, they did Digital as an engineer, and Rick Rock owned the studio, Hitworks, they... How could I Did Digital did all of the engineering for Tupac and all kind of stuff in the back back in the days and Rick Rock was his assistant, Damn. right? And did all kind of videoing for Tupac, mm-hmm. right? So these dudes are super legendary. Rick Rock just passed away. But um they, they was G's and they said, bro, we gonna pay. We're gonna pay for it. That was our fault. That's kinda I'm super heard of, even though that was my first album. The stuff I seen later dudes ain't gonna do that especially for a dude who they don't who ain't popular like mm. that so they paid him he came back did the did the, uh, did the, did the verse and um, invited me to breakfast you know what I mean mm. right before my album was coming out told me man you know I've been seeing your posters everywhere that song we did five months ago most people do songs and they don't even put them out or they just listen to he like you you really putting it out you got yourself all on he like I'm proud of you bro. Me, I'm about to come get you we, we he come get me. We on the three way with uh Melly. Melly put us on the freeway, big famous. Mm-hmm. I'm in on the phone on the three way. He come get me and take me to uh Melly. Asked me, man, after we hang up, what do you say? I said, I did say you want to come get me for breakfast. I said, Can I go? I said, yeah, you, got, you put us on the phone. So I tell him, you got to pick up my partner. He pick him up. We in the we in the bins on the uh, Dalvin's, the legendary bin on the Dalvin uh Dalvin Spinners. And he we go to, we go to um to uh. Floor and Road, uh, what's the, what's the, I can't, I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, Denny, something like that? Nah, the uh, stagecoach. Stagecoach. We go to the legendary stagecoach, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, he's sitting in there and he's just giving me game. And he's like, your album come out tomorrow? You know, like. It, it was really a thing to where your album come out tomorrow, nigga, this is a celebration, right? <laughs> and it was really a thing that you celebrating with me, nigga, I'm coming. He didn't act like that, though. I was in the inside, like, bro, I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> I made it. My shit gonna come out tomorrow, it's on it, blah, 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 blah. He just told me, he was like, Wayne, don't ever come outside if you ain't ready. Mm. And I was like, I kind of knew what he was talking about. He said, like that FUBU shirt you got on? <laughs> I said, this nigga's come. He was like, that's about the I said, this is like the last time I went. Like this is about the last wear in that motherfucker. It's like this nigga come. But he was he was super cool, super dope. Um, and that's just one experience I had with damn,
0: him. Damn, yeah. damn, that's amazing, man. So Keek 40, all these guys, you was actually in the studio with them. Yeah. Damn. And that's 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 important because you got the respect from your peers.
1: Come on, man. And and not just any peer right yeah legendary peers
0: mm-hmm.
1: right you know like super super legendary situation damn damn so I got uh, footage too yeah got a bunch of mini dvs in my mom's garage damn yeah that's gonna be worth yeah, something
0: one day yeah. you know what I mean as everybody get older and shit right right damn. and you're still doing it doing the music I see yeah. last year you dropped something
1: I dropped something with Sinead. take your time mm. Sine one of is one of my uh one of my one of my partners in crime mm-hmm. i've been doing music with her over 10 years Call. she got that beautiful voice contact her she's so professional can hit any ranges do any pockets you know i'm one of them dudes that say i got an idea
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then damn you did it better than my idea <laughs> like so and and i was just looking
0: um through title and i seen you had an album with street knowledge Yeah, that's and, Rest in peace. and i got up on him around the time, like right before he died. So y'all was cool.
1: See, most people don't know the story. Um, Doug 20 just talked about it the other day. Knowledge flagged me down in 2004 in my Bueno van, um, he had airbrush on with his friend. They was both airbrushed together. Mm-hmm. He's like, you bueno, you bueno. I'm like, yeah. He's like, bro, we rap. We rap. We need to sign with you. <laughs> I told him, and he, they, they, his buddy is obviously still alive. He tell me, he said to this day, he said, you told us hop in and took us to the bank. I was like, I did. He said, you, you was picking up a check from uh, the distribution. Mm-hmm. I used to do that all the time. Because mm-hmm. they had sent it. You know, I can get that motherfucker a whole lot quicker, right? <laughs> so I, but I will take the trip to the Bay too and do my rounds yeah, real quick. You yeah. know, go see some people at Rasputins and mm-hmm. of the different record store, check on my records and stuff. Back when you so had I, to go touch the people. Exactly, I had them on one of them runs, and they was like, "Look at that check. It was maybe like thirty eight hundred dollars or something, right?" And they like, "But for rapping, but see that's well, what that's, that's what people work for, right? Right? To be to be ripped. My mama worked for that every two weeks." And and that that'd be good, that'd be adequate for mm-hmm. kids and a family. You got two people doing that. Y'all good. You're eating good. Y'all good, right? yeah. So that was my always my mentality. Like, wow. And then I have four kids married, you know what I mean, at the mm-hmm. time, you know what I mean? So I'm like, you know, she she don't understand this, but <laughs> I guess <heard> she understands <laughs> this, right? So, but at that time I was so resentful, it's like, man, you know, I ain't gonna be married long. Mm-hmm. You know, because I got a journey. <laughs> You know, you ain't on my journey, right? So, but it's crazy because knowledge ended up staying with me that day and it stayed with me all the way until the Jacker situations where he started to get with Jack. And all. I remember
0: he was with him a lot.
1: Most people say, man, no, he just was with Jacker. He wasn't with you and all that. I'm not the dude to go, boy, if y'all bought that nigga so many number threes and ones and twos from McDonald's, but yeah, no, nah, at the end of the day, it was him. He was a little homie, and I had his boy with me, which is um, Dollar, younger now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Yanga. Mm-hmm. I had um, uh, ZO, who's doing time right now, um, also, and I made him my little, my little, uh, you know, uh, uh the, the, uh, the outlaws or something. Yeah, yeah, you know what okay. I mean? Yeah, your own yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of my thing, but I always knew with Knowledge he was special. They was all amazing. I used to tell them, y'all gotta be better than me because I don't want no dudes that's worse than me. Yeah, like, good. I ain't that dude, right? I don't want no dudes I can control. Yeah. I want some dudes that can grow and go do some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So Knowledge was always special and took his career around with it.
0: Hmm. Damn, mm-hmm. man. Now how do you, music's changed so much, especially since when you came out. Right. And as a fan, I'm listening to a lot of the new hip-hop, I think we talked about this a little bit before, I'm listening to the new hip-hop, and I don't know the nuances of being in the studio, how hard it is, right. any of that. Right. So I hear a lot of this shit, and my first reaction is this shit sucks. Yeah. Right. Right. How are you looking at it? Because your ears is a little different. Yeah,
1: my ears is a little different to be quite honest. You know, and not 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 different than yours, but different than like I, I don't want to say you're the average, but like the average yeah, person just listen to it. definitely. When I hear this stuff, like. You see, again, because I did this music, and this is the first time I ever did this in my life, It's really step outside my body and look at stuff from other people's perspective. Because mm-hmm. I had to sell something, mm-hmm. right? I didn't sell basketball. I didn't sell football and baseball. This stuff I had to sell. You got to make a good product. You mm-hmm. got to be aware of your customers, aware of the climate, aware of what's going on. You got to, It's so much that going to it. Then you got to realize, if you don't even like the shit, everybody else could. Or mm-hmm. you can love the shit, nobody else does. So it's like it don't even matter about you at the end of the day, in oh. in the, the craziest ways. You gotta make stuff that's viable to the customers, mm-hmm. to the people that that are consuming it. So with that being said, me listening to this music, I can hear the greatness in a lot of it,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: I can see hear the talent in a lot of it. The structures is a lot different. Um, and then people don't understand. We come from traditional rap where people rap. They singing and stuff now. They They singing whole a bunch, bunch of harmonies. Yep. So, so this is kind of new mm-hmm. for our our own ears and our own taste, But ultimately, it's a lot of bullshit, right? Yeah. And then you 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 know you can hear a lot of a lot of quality. And the weirdest thing about it, the dope do the dopest people is the qualityest ones. Yes, it, it just don't change. It don't change,
0: mean? and it's getting back to where it should be. When Graham, when Killer Mike. Just won those Grammys, right, right? And somebody made a list where it was like the Grammy Award-winning rapper was 48. The rapper who got the best yeah, video or something yeah, was 38. Yeah, so they all older because yeah, yeah. if you really look at it, the AR, the the um, the ANR, the r in the artist development right. doesn't seem like it's there as much.
1: Well, the, 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 and not to cut you off, what happened was it became business or is art? Art means you cultivate people. The right way and help them grow mm-hmm. to get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. Businesses, oh, you don't gotta, you don't gotta practice, but he can. They, they like because he, she got a big booty. Well, use the booty and let's just sell it, right? We can sell. We can sell, like it's it's dudes like 50 Cent, no no disrespect, 50 a talent, but they were selling his image the they whole were. time. They were. So yeah, how how fast they sell a million records with his career? The first project, how fast Rock Kim and Snoop Dogg, some of these other dudes, even like Snoop, it's an image. Yep. You know they wasn't he would rap his ass off, but they were selling murderers, case, crib, all, all that kind life. of other stuff that go with it, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at a like with Tupac, Tupac originally started off in an era where you just rap. He became the poster boy for they, his shit is selling for. More than just rap, because mm. people was paying attention because of all the all the billboard, all the um, the front page stories and all that.
0: Yeah, everything going on the it. So, life.
1: so it's a it's a crazy thing because they 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 jeopardize art for business. For and business. then when you talk to these people in these front offices, they gonna tell you, and this is a fucking business, bro. <laughs> like you take that art shit back <laughs> to your neighborhood. We need to get this money we, we it was for us and by us for a reason and that's why the very first rapper said We don't want to sell this shit Because mm. they already was so smart I mean you can go back to all the different forms of art once you start selling it bro, It's yeah, it's to, going to appreciate Come on. It's to appreciate like a motherfucker, and look what we got now
0: In, Immediately and it's funny you say that because the Melly males of the world some of these dudes never really made records. There's a lot of old school rappers who was doing it and still kind of popular to this day. They never sold it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and then um, you got a lot of people that just did it their way, you yeah, feel yeah. me? Like Jay Electronica, mm-hmm. he put out what he wanted to, how he wanted to, and yep. when he wanted to. Yep. You know, people control it. And then you got Nipsey that came with a whole nother, like, I'm gonna I'm let you pick how much you gonna pay. I'm not gonna sell, I'm not gonna put out, like me, for instance, my first album was an album. When Nipsey, I met Nipsey in Vegas, right? We all on the showcase together, right? And Nooch, Noo, Noochie, shout out to Nooch, Nooch be at all this shit, Sacramento. You know, all these niggas talk about this, that, and the other, man. And we be in these... I be in this shit with nobody around from Sacramento for 10 years, you feel me? But Nooch ass was there, you yeah. feel me? And a few other people, but me, Nooch, we out there with Nip, and then we later see the situation where it's like you shouldn't even put albums out. You should put mixtapes out, because yeah. once you put an album out, they start using it against you as yeah. an album sale. Yep. So you just got to be strategic and, and and know, you know, stay ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. So...
0: After being in the rap game for a while, what made you decide to actually start getting into movies? Because you had the American cream, right? Is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, it, You know, it go hand in hand. You know what I mean? Of, uh, of, a video ain't nothing but a small movie, there right? Yep. And if you can get creative, you're like, man, let's make that motherfucker long. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, but, you know. We don't, we don't got that type of creativity just floating around, but during that pandemic, you started to see a bunch of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? People getting creative, had more time. So, um, some dudes reached out to me. Um, uh, Corey B, shouts out to Corey B. Uh, they had a, a, th- a show called PAX. I don't know if you familiar with that. Legendary shit. Say I'm giving them some promo. It was, they had like a mini series in Sacramento called PAX. Hmm. where they was moving packs, yeah, yeah. These dudes was hopping out of trunks with guns, shooting, and, you know, they was, oh, man, meet me in North Highlands, nigga. Where you at? <laughs> I'm on Broadway. I'm like, bro, this is what I wanted to do. I want to put our setting in, like, that setting, yeah, right? Yeah. And sure enough, I, um, he reached out to me, had me in the scene, and I told him, nigga, let's do a movie. You know what I mean? He like, let's do it. And I was like, bro, you don't know me, nigga. <laughs> I got with my boy D Stone. Shout out D Stone. D Stone write um, screenplays. Mm. We smoking one day, just chopping it up. And um, D Stone like, you know, how I do these screenplays. My D Stone was a star basketball player when we was kids. Mm. It went to CBA when it was the CBA. Mm-hmm. So it would have been in the G League. Mm-hmm. Um... And D Stone ended up doing movies and independent films and things like that and writing them and being in them. And he he basically was like, Bueno, we should do something. I was like, literally, literally. We sit next to each other in the car. I'm like, nigga, what what if nigga, I'll be a I'll be a coach, and what if I was a dad? And then nigga, my son, I got a little son, he type. He, he like you call him a little bueno. And I'm like, right. And then I'm like, nigga, and then I'm I'm, I'm I'm just a cool dude, and I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'll get evicted, and I need to do the, I'm trying. I don't want to do the wrong thing. And, and that nigga like, and then a, 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 a nigga get at you, and to try to get you the children drop. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And we just start
0: writing. He uh, wrote the
1: whole movie. I literally, we wrote like the whole idea of the movie in about three, four hours. He was like, keep rolling up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> keep rolling up. I'm rolling rolled it up. rolling up had have not seen my brother in a long time. Excited to see uh, proud of what he been doing, he dope as hell. He telling me, "Yeah, lighting and yeah, and this and just right here, this could be scene three And you know, it's dark outside. And I'm like, "Yeah, no, no, that's, that that sounds like daytime." And, yeah, and yeah, like, I'll put it together. And then I'm thinking in my head, you know what? This clothing line, a local clothing line, have me wearing their clothes. Mm-hmm. They called American Cream. Mm-hmm. And I said, I told the dude, I said, "Man, that would be a dope album," and I can. Do the album, we can give away a t-shirt or something, let's do a collab together. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's cool, but I'm thinking, let's make that the, the movie. Mm-hmm. And we could do the t-shirt and give it away. And then yeah. I'll make my music the soundtrack. Plus, I was getting older, I'm like, I don't want to put out albums, so to make them the soundtrack of movies, it's a lot more elegant, you mm-hmm. know, a mm-hmm. lot mm-hmm. more worthy, seem a lot more adequate at my age. Mm-hmm. Put it together, and that, that movie, I put out all them projects. I did all that shit with Legendary Dudes. That movie was the most impactful thing outside of 6 a.m. The song with Bruno Mars that mm-hmm. dropped in 2009. Mm-hmm. Them was big explosions. Mm. The movie was a huge explosion. I couldn't believe I'm like, what? But putting that visual, people hear audio, that's music. Yep. If you could put the visual and the audio together, it's a rap. So yeah,
0: you planning on doing,
1: doing another one? Well, that's what's crazy about it. It's like... I ain't never, these niggas ain't never said, man, they say, I get it every once in a while. My kids be with me and they be like, a dude just seen this at Walmart. Wait a minute, when you gonna put out some more music? I get it, that movie? Niggas is in my inbox, bro, <laughs> bro. Bruh, these niggas got a scene too. Yeah. See, they can share the movie with me more than they can share the music. Ah, oh, that, that, that makes sense. That
0: They're in it. That makes like, sense. They're like, oh
1: nigga, that was my movie. <laughs> like, nigga, you Everybody who in it feel like it's there. Right? You <laughs> your back turn, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> so, nah, it's cool. But that's what I did it for. To kind of involve the whole city, different mm-hmm. people. And you don't have to be an artist to be in it, right? You could be a just a homie, mm-hmm. and have a whole full scene in the shit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, or something, so.
0: That's dope, very, very creative, I seen it, and I was like, a good lane, because there's motherfuckers out here shooting movies with their phone, Right. like, right. it ain't no reason right. you can't be creative right, right. with all these tools we got, right, Man, right. That you was know what the I mean, plan.
1: and I wasn't trying to get hella and this, that, and other, I gave you, like, my music for many years, Jay Stylin told me one day, he was like, Wayne, you play it too safe, mm-hmm. I'm like, I know exactly what he meant, though. He like, nigga, you don't want to say certain shit. <laughs> like, you know, they want you to say it. He said, I'll say that shit. And you know what happened? They loved it. So with you, you got to be easy. So it's funny because with the movie, he they always told me, man, you too clean. The movie was rough. It was. And I was like, leave it like that. <laughs> and all, everybody was like, nigga, that's what I like. You ain't trying to be too clean. You feel me? So I think that worked in our favor.
0: Yeah, now, to touch on something else real quick, because you mentioned about the first album coming out, and you had four kids, you had a wife, because I got five kids, you know right. what I mean? So, talk to me real quick about the fatherhood journey, being, because a lot of us, well, let me ask you real quick, was your dad in your life when you was younger?
1: Yeah, amazing. So, you had your pops. Yeah, but divorced, so he wasn't in the house. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm. Amazing dude. Damn, so... Did, my, dad, my dad moved three blocks down the My dad divorced, him and my mom divorced when I was three. I don't really remember him in the house. Mm-hmm. My brother do and my sister do. My brother's three years older, my sister's six years older than me. Dad moved two blocks down the street. Mm-hmm. I've been, that, that nigga was like he was in my house mm-hmm. my whole time. And then I had a, I don't want to say an older dad, but I had no young dad. Mm-hmm. So my dad wasn't trying to be my friend. He coached us. You know, you couldn't cuss around Mr. Osby, mm. you know what I mean? Um, Nucci, them, all they'll tell you, the hood, all the hoodlums, right? And not that Nucci's <laughs> a hoodlum, but all the guys that grew up in our hood on that street stuff, you got to keep that away from certain adults back then, you mm-hmm. know? And then it was the adults that, you know, you didn't have to respect like that. They didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't, they carry, they didn't demand they didn't carry, it. But, that, yeah. That type, yeah. Uh, Everybody would tell you in, in, in a, without a blink of an eye, bro, like, Mr. Osby, like, you respect him. And then Pops had the the, the root beard brown Z28, cowboy boots, you feel me, the tight jeans, you feel me. And he wasn't trying to be, he quiet, toothpick in his mouth, you feel me. Didn't yeah. ever play no sports, you know what I mean, but he was the dopest man I ever knew. The smartest man I ever knew and then pops never not one time did uh told me he was gonna do something and didn't do it. Mm. he was real big on that like that's important you know and, and then showered us with love held discipline on us you know what mm. I mean so
0: so because I was gonna ask about just the difficulties of being young and black and having those kids like that but getting the information from your dad
1: and just having that love as a kid that helped you then right I, I tremendously Hmm. Tremendously, bro. Like, I look one thing that separates me from a lot of my friends is they didn't have no dad. I hear that so much. One thing that separates me from a lot of black men is they didn't have no dad. I when yeah. I when I can and the dad that I had, mm-hmm. right? And, and at the end of the day, honestly, like fatherhood hella easy to me. Mm. The toughest part is, is is two main things, and I'm just being honest who you have them with, you damn right, right? And then getting to under, getting them to understand their greatness, because mm. I'm a special kind of dad. I did so much already. Mm-hmm. I've been so successful in so many places. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to compete with them and you know, be better than them. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help them be the best thing that they can be because I already did it for myself, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of the easy things by having a, a dope dad. And give me them examples and them all of them, he just had so much game for me. Mm -hmm. And then for me to be able to, like, practice so much um, of what I'm teaching my kids as a kid Mm -hmm. for myself. Being on time, trying my hardest, being confident. I did it myself as a kid and I got it from him a lot, Mm -hmm. right? So it, it just made being a father for me so much easier.
0: I bet. Because so many dudes, I, it's in, 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 in every neighborhood, there's a dude with a dad. And that dad becomes like the surrogate father right, right. for everybody in the right, neighborhood. Right. Because kids want Whoa. discipline and structure. Right. That's they, what I learned. They're dying for it. They call your dad mean, but they want it to walk in your house right. and him ask about know and I right. mean? And as
1: they get older, you understand it more and more and more. You yep. appreciate it more and more and more. Yep. Every kid, like my, my, my youngest son, right, he'll tell me, Dad, you got to stay with me. <laughs> got 3.8, you feel me? Mm-hmm. The sharpest one, but at the same time, he the one who don't want to take a shot, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he gon', you know, so at the end of the day, like, he understands mm-hmm. like we all do We little kids like man we know right from wrong yep. it's just how much wrong can we get away with mm-hmm. and then the village is like who can i run to
0: mm-hmm. when
1: everybody else hold me accountable but when i was a kid it can go nowhere
0: that, man it's so funny you say that because i've had situations with my kids me and my baby mama we cool now like as a man i i, I straighten all that shit out right. but my house Cause we weren't together, right? So me and my wife, we, my kids would come over every other weekend, and my house was structured. Right, right. My house was bedtime. Right. Whoop your ass. Right. You know what I mean? Send them home. Things are a little different. Come back. I gotta, gotta retreat.
1: <laughs> and then you see the last two live with me now. Mm. I've been doing that. I'm oldest twenty five, so I've been doing that for twenty. Well, we was married for ten years, so I was doing it for about ten or twelve years. To where it was like no, like bro, like what I'm doing, like mm-hmm. how we working, like you know. And then I'm big on uh, education, mm-hmm. I'm big on health, I'm big on activity, right? Mm-hmm. I'm big on extracurricular stuff. I'm big on all of these different things that you know. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm, when we, when we, when we looking for that significant other, we don't, we don't think
0: about nothing. We don't think about that, and that makes it more difficult, man. That's a, a, a part of my journey is. The reason why I'm here is because of all those difficulties. Right. And I had to find something. Like, I had to find myself like right. motherfucker. Having right. two kids at 17, right four. four by the time I'm 22, my mom died right. when I was 19, you know what I mean? So it was a lot. But every time I see a black father putting in that effort, you gotta salute him. Exactly. Because it's yeah. difficult. And unfortunately, until shit changes, a lot of us didn't grow up with that. Right. So if you're in a position to do that for your kids, you got to put in that work because they gonna have kids. Right, right. right. You know what
1: I mean? And then I, I I often say, like, at, at, you know, when they're all out the house and they call you back, call you and check on, or whatever, they're either going to be calling you for some help. Hey, Dad, uh, can I borrow this? Yeah. Or they're going to be like, Dad, i got some help for you. Hey, mm-hmm. Dad, I just put this in your account. Mm-hmm. Like, in the craziest way, because I'm a rational dude and I just, I'm me. They, I ain't got a problem saying that they're investments. You know what I mean? They investments <laughs> like a motherfucker, right? But, but it's positive investments, yeah. and great investments, mm-hmm. investments that you get, the most important investments. And there right? we go. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I I'm, ain't I'm, I'm, I'm investing in me. Mm-hmm. It's investing in all of us, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. well, we got to bury each other. We got to carry each other. We got to go visit each other in jail mm-hmm. or we celebrate each other at these graduations or these um promotions mm-hmm. and positive things so you know
0: that's a fact that's a fact because it's
1: my mind stayed on that
0: yeah yeah me being younger having kids i used to always think damn i don't want these kids to hate me right i i don't want it, me to be old right they right. need to get taken care right. of and they'd be like Man, i ain't taking right. care of you
1: you ain't right. even took care of me right
0: you know I me mean? because that's real
1: well i got three boys and a daughter them boys ain't gonna be <laughs> And you girl, know which kid. You know little, which kid. Yeah, yeah, and no I be telling them, too. But my <laughs> daughter, she like, that nigga's a superhero. I don't know how. Wow, wow, y'all crazy. She the youngest one. She do little, ever since she was a little girl, she do, um, like, uh, cards. Mm-hmm. And it's for me and my brothers. I'm like, that ain't from your brothers. <laughs> That's from you. And Red is and They looking at it. Oh no, no. she telling you the truth. Like, man, but... When I realized that at the end of the day you know it's just a nat- naturally it's a culture thing it's what we taught mm-hmm. but at the same time it's a it's a gene- it's a it's a not a genetic but a, 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 a um, it's a natural thing that men, and women are different, you know. Yep. Ma- males and females are so different. And yep. I, I understood it, but when I had them kids, I'm like, this little girl, <laughs> She's just, she's just different,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Because I got all boys, and now, now I got granddaughters. Right, right. And I finally, and you know what I'll be thinking? If I would have had a daughter early on, I would know more about women. I think. Right, right. Because my granddaughters from nine months to seven years old they just like my woman right, right. like a like a girl's a girl's right. a girl right you right. know what i mean and yeah. you learn because you
1: learn yeah you definitely gonna learn just like I, i'm thinking in a crazy way the women learn from men. yeah From, from
0: boys yeah yeah you yeah I mean? yep now so going from the parent thing to what you're doing now like explain right. to me how did the basketball league and all that
1: take place um just natural man a lot of the stuff i do it's just natural stuff It's already implemented in my life. You know, from fashion, like the movies, Ooh, music, movies. Mm-hmm. Like we watch movies. Mm-hmm. So I try to do stuff that's just natural, organic, and not big, far stretches. Mm-hmm. This is something that I could have did twenty years ago. But I was busy building a music career, right? Yep. Yep. So I always want to come back to it and as my kids would get older and older and more involved, it only made sense. I'm signing them up for these programs and I'm like, they ain't really ran right, it's expensive and you know, the people ain't really involved like and then I'm like hold this thing i'm like i can do that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i hate to be that dude because you can't do everything and you can't look at what people are doing i can do what they do but sometimes i'm just see these boys, and yeah. I'm like hey i can i can do it so started with these um with these camps basically we were at the salvation army um the season ended summer was coming i asked them do they have another session season coming up they was like no nah, i don't have nothing i was like Next month, you know, they're like, nothing. We don't have nothing all summer. I'm like, in the Salvation Army all summer? They're like, yeah, you want to do something? I said, you know what? You know I me. Mean? So I just put it together real fast. And um, my boys hit me up and was like, I got an idea. I seen something. Says said, shoot hoops, not guns. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing that, like, around the country in different places, mm-hmm. kind of with that same term. I was like, man, let's start that, especially with all the violence that was going on mm-hmm. in Sacramento still going on. So put together a one-day camp with these Different ages of kids, seven to 14 years old, boys and girls, and fundamental, because everybody's superstars, everybody's everybody them ball. Threes. I'm like, bro, let's make it developmental. Let's take it back. So we was able to do that. It was successful for about six months. The news start coming out. Yeah, i seen um, it. A bunch of people, I'm talking about dizzler It's funny, because you got dizzler.com mm-hmm. I put out music. Yep. They don't post it. I buy a cannabis delivery company, we make a million dollars, post it, right? I do this, they post it, right? Uh, the news, same thing, they don't post that. they post this, right? So I say, you know what, I ain't stupid, let's run with this shit, I don't give a fuck what it is. But um, at the end of the day, I did that and got reached out to um, by a local um, amazing woman who does amazing things at the Rose Foundation, her name is Jackie Rose. She said, Russ, um, I love what you're doing, never met you. Uh, I want to give you a position, mentor kids, mm. want you to be able to do your program, mm. I help you with your program, and it just kind of went from there, and before you know it, I'm mentoring kids at Burbank, mentoring kids at, and advocating for kids at John Steele. Uh,
0: yeah, I see, and you, uh, you got an office somewhere, right, office, right,
1: boy? I got classrooms, <laughs> and, and then they, classrooms, um, and then they, they gave me these facilities to be able to do my own league, too, so mm. got 150 kids, the first sign up, um, our first season. Uh, four different, three different divisions, four teams in each division. Um, actually, we got five in the 14U. Um, and like I said, got these amazing uniforms for these kids, replicating yeah. the uh, Kings uniforms, and the kids love uniforms. And then we got them playing every uh, Saturday at, um, at Burbank and practicing at John Steele. So mm-hmm. we just turned it into something some of our own. And facilitating a bunch of kids who and servicing a bunch of kids who uh who, who wouldn't have this
0: otherwise. that's dope that's that's dope i've been so tempted to come help out man i'm just so busy don't worry man, yeah, it's man. Ain't,
1: we ain't going nowhere, <laughs> we ain't going
0: nowhere. <laughs> eventually i will yeah, you know what yeah. i mean because my, my boy uh jermaine brown uh shout out to jermaine he had yeah, a league yeah. at burbank yeah. and coaching Cause I played and I was I was competitive, you know what I mean? And that's how I believe in it. Right. And coaching do something to you. Most definitely. Like, he, I, I see a kid in the grocery store, they don't call me Harrison, Come they are be like, what's man. up coach? Come on, man. Like, they never gonna forget that experience. it's forever. You know what I mean? It's forever. So affecting our youth in that way, it's nothing more important. And it seems like with everything you're doing, for, everything's coming full circle for you.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's the universe, right? I'm one of mm-hmm. the dudes that believe in the universe, yep. putting that good energy out there, putting your best foot forward, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, um like I said, like with these with these kids, you know, teach them life skills through basketball. That that's a
0: that, and that's actually that's why I think all kids should play sports because I'm hella big on the scoreboard. You know what I mean? Like
1: I want right. to win, but what you learn, you so learn man. Yeah, you learn so much. All these all these characteristics: self confidence, mm-hmm. um, self discipline. You, know, yeah. you learn how to work well with others. Learn how to win. Learn how to lose. You know, because people don't people look at win lose. Yeah, you're gonna do a lot of that in life. You, Not come, that on, now. come on now, come on now. Damn, you gotta know you how know what to lose. You gotta lose. know how to take that loss, mm-hmm. get yourself back together, and what it's what you do after that loss. It's what you but do after. But you gonna that. learn that stuff at seven and eight, nine years old. You are gonna take it into your adulthood, and you are gonna learn. That's a fact. You gonna, gonna master. It. You know what I mean? That's you a go fact. Through that stuff, uh, uh, as opposed to so much of these youth that's character deficient, character you know? deficient, life Lazy. skill deficient. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like. You just can't sit in your phone all day. Can't sit in your phone and, all and, day. And ma'am, have you, have you let the kids sit in their phones since they was like five and six and seven and mm-hmm. eight? Because it's showing. You know what that's I mean? A fact. So.
0: That, that's a parent thing. Because I remember um, when I was coping with my boy Jermaine, a big problem that I noticed, and I'm sure teachers feel the same way. It the was parents. the fucking parents. Well, see,
1: and that's the thing that I love so much with working in the community and a mentor, a mentor you know, I get so much training, right? Mm. So you understand the, the, the process. It starts at home. So what what do you Literally. do? What do you do with the kid? Mm-hmm. You can't just help the kid. You got to help the house.
0: You got to help the house. And that's see, and that's the fact.
1: People don't want to do all that. They don't want to help <laughs> the kid. <laughs> you're like man, I gotta help him every day. He ain't my kid. Yeah. Well, guess what? You gotta help his mama too. Yeah, because if you just helping him and he go home, like you said, when he come back to you, it start all over. You gotta start
0: all over when it because we used to have to. We got to the point where okay you sign up for my team I'm going to have y'all sign something saying you go come right. to practice
1: right, <laughs> right. you got to bring report cards all that you got to do all kind of stuff to parents and then and then like we got parent night so it ain't it ain't just discipline and uh, accountability it's like let's enjoy and grow and be mm-hmm. and be happy and you know some of these parents ain't happy
0: that's a fact
1: right so it's like guess what we got we got a parent night with free drinks Free like, food, yeah.
0: like
1: free drinks, free food. I'm happy, motherfucker, right now. It's like, but we want to put a smile on your face so you can put a smile on your child's face, mm-hmm. and then just know that all we we ain't trying to take over, do nothing crazy. We just trying to echo what you already talking about. Yep. I'm trying to be that extra uncle, right? Mm-hmm. You know he can come over here. I got a kid tomorrow. One of the top players in Sacramento. Mm. He sent me a text last night, I'm showing my kids. He said, "Hey, aunt." Uh, I'm just asking you, a superstar. He said, which it don't make a difference, but it, 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 to me, mm-hmm. it can, mm-hmm. right? He said, I just want to ask you, man, could you uh, could you walk with me on senior night tomorrow? Damn, man, I almost teared up. Like, that's why I do it, though, because I'm going to help these dudes if they never hit me for senior night, because mm-hmm. I was one of them dudes. Mm-hmm. I'm driving, man, hop in. Man, this dude, coach, come to me today, and he go, I'm not from Sacramento. I thank you for having me involved in volunteering in this. I'm like, thank you for volunteering. He's like, I asked a couple people about you, or I said I was, they said they know you, and the dude told me you saved his life. (laughs) Now, I know a few (laughs) situations, but I'm like, it don't really be big to me. Mm -hmm. Some of these dudes is like, bro, I didn't know the things, like I didn't, like it was a kid who was outside, he was I put it this way. He's in a store and some guys outside. Like you can't come outside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I walk in the store. He go, bueno. <laughs> I'm like, what's that? he go? Uh, he go. He go. You know my dad. And I, I don't. I don't feel comfortable telling you this, but see them dude. It's serious. I can't wait. And it was. It was. It was. It was going to be on the news.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like here, that. Take my
1: phone, bro. Call your dad right now. Mm. You feel me? He called his dad. That's ten years ago. And that probably wasn't even him that said that. Mm. But them is just little scenarios and situations. So like I said, you know, I do this stuff because I want to be the dude who I needed. Mm. I had a dad. I had a bunch of help, but can never get enough. And these kids need it, you know what I mean?
0: Can never get enough. That's that's what's up, man. I'm happy we Finally got the opportunity man, to put on, this man. together, you're brother. My God. My I'm, God. I'm, I'm watching everything you're doing, bro. And again, because I'm in a creative space now, I look for inspiration right. from everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And what you're doing has been inspiring Thank to our you. community because, you. you know, some niggas get a little success and bounce. Of course, I know a few. Get the, get the fuck out of here. But grudgingly, though, right? Like I don't want to be in. So I'm yeah. like, damn, how is my little part of town ever? gonna be well off if everybody who's influential picks
1: up and gets the right 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 that's why i start so young with these seven-year-olds so by the time they 14 and lead a program and go on, and they got all these different characteristics in, in place they get to these high schools they finish off strong yep. and, they, and they look back and go man ain't no way we not going back there and mm-hmm. doing the same thing i don't think enough adults was helping
0: this this is a fact. This is a fact because I think
1: people are too bitter.
0: Yeah, you know, for for all these reasons, people blaming the city, the city. and blaming the hood when right a lot of this shit is mental right you can have a paradise right, right. here in sacramento right <laughs> right that's what i teach
1: the kids you yeah. know we can make all them excuses but we got to figure out a way too mm-hmm. we got to figure out the solution Yep,
0: yep. you know well
1: thank and, you very- and, and i'm here to help them that's the here big to, thing here to be just a just ain't talking to him. we gotta we help go. him, man we gotta walk with them
0: yep. there we go because you get in these situations where you're coaching these kids and being around these young people and sometime they home life is completely. Favorable.
1: I'm going to just tell you, we we in a community where 85% of our program is disadvantaged.
0: Disadvantaged. So you coaching life? Yeah, basketball. most definitely. Most definitely. You know what most I mean? Definitely, Which definitely. is the most important. It's the most important. So. Definitely. So I want to thank my brother Bueno for showing up to the show, me coming to meet him, you know what I mean, to my get pleasure. this thing right. To get this thing right. My pleasure. Everybody, do me a favor, please. Follow everything I do on social media. At the the, the Instagram is at Melonated Combo 100. The website is Melonated Combo. You can find the show on YouTube. You can find the show on all the digital platforms. Shout out to my brother Bueno. Tell everybody that's in Sacramento. Where can they sign up for the league, or is it too late?
1: Not well, it, it's seasonal, so okay, it's every on. it's every season. The season is about to end in March and start right back up in April. Right back um, up you back can up. go to the eydl uh, website, check us out, and um, and then you can go to the Real Bueno. On Instagram, because I'm always giving updates, Mm -hmm. and you can go to the real bueno on Twitter and and check out stuff. I'm always giving updates. We had John Steele on weekdays, and we had Burbank on Saturdays.
0: There we go, there we go. So, again, shout out to my brother, Bueno, real Sacramento legend. If you don't know, this is another episode of the Melanated Combo podcast.